0: I'm Laura. Hey, I'm Brendan. I'm April.
1: And I'm Jim. And this is Topic Lord. It's the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. Laura, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug?
2: Yeah, my name is Laura Mache. I write and edit video games, and I guess I don't really have anything to plug right now.
3: Uh, hey, I'm Brendan Chung. I run a small video game company called Blendo Games,
1: and the game I'm working on right now is called Skin Deep.
2: I'm also working a little on it.
1: Yeah. That's exciting. I've, I've been watching the, the I don't know what you call them, d- occasional development videos you post. It's very exciting. Oh, yeah. Thank you.
2: Are they called like the, be- the Skin Deep Beacon? Skin or Deep something? Beacon. Yeah.
1: <laughs> cool.
0: Um, I'm April. Um, I'm a park ranger. I guess I'm the only person here who doesn't make video games.
1: The, the voice of sanity. <laughs> or something.
0: <laughs> Uh, the voice of maintenance. <laughs> and I don't really have anything to plug. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm uh, at AprilSore, like a dinosaur. And mostly I talk about my kid on there. And occasionally
1: there's some Breath of the Wild screenshots. That's about it, really. That that pretty much is it lately. Yeah, lately. <laughs> yeah, there are other video games at other times. Sometimes, yeah. Or books. Or books. Uh, are we ready to start on the topic? Sure.
0: Absolutely. And by the way, I'm just guesting. I'm only here for this first topic.
1: April liked this topic so much that she (laughs) wanted to be part of it. So
0: I have the the special privilege of getting to review the bucket before the episode is uh, recorded. That's that's right. Nice.
1: (laughs) This is the first time she's exercised her privilege to... Crash. Crash the party, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Laura, your topic is, if you were locked in a Home Depot overnight with 19 other people and you wouldn't be let out until only one person survived and also all the lights were turned off, what would you do?
0: I love this topic. It's so good. This is a
2: question I've been asking people since I was in college. Uh, I ask it sometimes to groups of people I work with uh, and they always find it either something they don't want to talk about at all, or extremely interesting. So, <laughs> hey.
1: Some people don't want to confront the darkness within themselves.
2: Well, there's also a lot of strategies, right? And like different people's experience of Home Depot makes them, you know, give different answers.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, so who starts? Do I start? I think you should. I think you okay. should. Okay, all right. So here's here's my strategy. This is literally the first thing that popped in my head. I have no idea if this would be a winning strategy, but it's what I would do. So here's what I'm thinking. The lights are turned off, but every every Home Depot I've ever been in has like skylights, right? So there's probably some like ambient city light or something. So it's not probably not like pitch black. You probably can see a little bit. So my idea is that I would go to the section of Home Depot where those giant dog beds are, because they're like kind of neutrally colored. And I would just like line an entire aisle with those dog beds. And then I would find I would find the kitchen knife section and I would grab me some knives. I would have just like a like a whole shit ton of knives. And then I'd climb up onto one of the like the the next, the like first level of like the stuff that they just store above the crap that you grab. And I would like hide behind one of the um and
1: straddle the aisle like River Tam.
0: No, I'm not gonna straddle the aisle <laughs> like River Tam. <laughs> Only River Tam can do that, okay? okay all right. Yeah. Let's not be ridiculous. Making a game
1: about this. Oh, okay. (laughs) Skin deep. Skin deep.
0: I was listening, and then so people would, you know, eventually, like they would wander down this aisle, right? And then they, and my hope here is that they're going to just trip, and they're going to be like, "Oh shit!" But then they're going to land on this like soft thing, and they'll be like, "Oh, that's weird," right? And then I just get to jump down from above and slit their throats. And I'm not going to hurt myself jumping down because I'm going to be landing on a person plus, like, a really nice, soft dog bed. So you're going to do, like, an air assassination on them. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. And then, like, the blood is just going to kind of soak into the dog bed. So it's not going to be, like, super, like, shiny on the floor, you know? And I'll just have to, like, drag them off and, like, hide them behind, like, the bags of dog food or something, like, in the aisle so people don't see them.
2: You might have to cycle the dog beds around because over time, like the ones at the front of the aisle become sodden with blood.
0: You're right. You're right. That's a really good idea.
1: Yeah. People will land at them and be like, oh, this is all squishy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's important to get like a really sharp knife and like really like get get it underneath their throats like right away so that they can't like scream and and let everyone know that there's a trap there. I might also just like wait for a while, like just hide behind one of those pallets on like the second, sh- you know, the second level and just like wait until like a bunch of people are already dead before I lay my trap.
2: Waiting for people to take each other out is always a solid strategy. Exactly, yeah.
0: And then I'll just like black widow that shit. <laughs> so that's my
1: plan. Well, the problem with, as, as we've learned from battle royale video games, the problem with like waiting until there's only a few people left is that those are the people who have the most practice killing people it's true they'll have like 10 chainsaws and like five right. chainsaw i've never them. been
0: in a costco that has chainsaws but also chainsaws are really bad way to kill someone like you're just gonna injure someone with a chainsaw like you're not gonna it, it would be hard to like really have a a good blow that would kill someone like right away like it's it's more of a really gruesome slow death
2: I think unless they tie a chainsaw to the top of their head, you're still going to be okay for doing air assassinations on them. It's true. It's true. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And probably the, the chainsaw break would just go on as soon as I landed on top of them, you know, because that's just the way they work. So I feel like I would be pretty okay taking on someone with a chainsaw. Have you gathered
2: any skills working in a park that would help you be really efficient at this killing
0: method or at any killing method? I'm decent at climbing things, so that would be good. I'm also really good at, like, dragging heavy shit around, so that's good for hiding bodies. But I don't kill too many things in in my job besides gophers
1: and weeds. <laughs> yeah, if anybody thinks it's a good idea to dig tunnels.
0: Uh, yeah, I could set a gopher <laughs> trap like you wouldn't even believe, except it would have to be enorm- enormous. It would have to be a person trap, but I don't think they sell those at Costco.
2: Oh, this is Home Depot.
0: Shit. Oh, Oh my god! We're talking about Home Depot.
1: I bet they still have dog beds. For some
0: Home reason, Depot. you said Home Depot. I even read Home Depot, and I thought we were talking about Costco. Mm-hmm. This changes things a lot. I I don't know. I
2: feel like your dog bed strategy could still work. I'm pretty sure they do sell dog beds in Home Depot. Yeah. That's
3: true. Mm-hmm. Things still tracks,
2: and they definitely have knives. So it wouldn't yeah. necess- like I think they might even sell kitchen knives, you know. But you could also get a better knife if you wanted at Home Depot.
0: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even need to be a kitchen knife. Like honestly, just like an Exacto knife would work perfectly.
1: Perfect, as you learned in the Coast Guard.
0: I mean, I would be much more or less likely to like hurt myself with a, an Exacto knife. I feel like than I would with a kitchen knife because there's just so much more blade. To, yeah, you know. An exacto knife is, like, really, really sharp, and it'll just get the, the work done. Wow. Home Depot, though, that opens up a lot of different possibilities. You could drive around with a forklift and smash people. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you'd have the same vulnerabilities in that forklift, you know, because, like, similar to Costco, there's those high shelves somebody could. Yep, you're right.
0: I definitely think taking the high ground is a really important tactic uh, when it comes to, like, Battle Royale stuff.
1: I'm just envisioning you now, covered in blood, <laughs> on a huge mountain of dog beds and corpses. It's just who you married. pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, I'm dying to hear what you're... Like, you have a huge uh, amount of experience listening to people describe their strategies. What's your favorite? Yeah, this
2: is the best strategy that I've heard. It's uh, the one that requires the, the least action from uh, the killer. So... Home Depot has huge amounts of ammonia and bleach and stuff in it. So what you do is you go to the respirator section and you get like a powered respirator that can handle like large amounts of chlorine gas. And you start just tipping over all the tubs and buckets you can find of ammonia and bleach to create a huge amount of chlorine gas. And then once you've done that, like, I don't know, you could do it all in one spot. You could do it in a central location. You could probably create enough chlorine gas for there to be like a real big hazard And then your goal is to either hide or look like a dead body or position yourself in such a place where uh, the people coming after you have to go through the chlorine gas. Something you might have to do is you might have to destroy or disable or steal some of the other high-quality respirators. But if you get there first, that's absolutely something that you can do. And then it's just a waiting game, right? You're waiting for the people who are trying to kill you to die or slip into a coma. And then once they're, you know, KO'd or dead, then you go around and you clean up. is that, like, people who climb up will be able to avoid the gas at first, but, like, it's a it's a waiting game. Yeah. Eventually, you know, they got to get down to the register where the candy is or the sodas, right, to get food or something to eat. And if you time it right, you, you could gas all the other participants. I've heard different versions of this answer before. Some of them get more or less complicated, like, oh, I'm going to pretend to be dead or something. But I think that hiding is the better option because – you don't want people to see that you're wearing the respirator. And if you're wearing a respirator and lying on the ground, people are going to know that you're, you're not dead. So, my recommendation is to g- gas everybody in the Home Depot and then climb up into some of the shelving and hide. At the end of it, you still got to do murder, right? But hopefully, you got to do less murder and it's less dangerous to you.
1: Tactic. So, I'm going to need to know, you can tell me off the air, who came up with this so I know to never cross them.
2: <laughs> a game a game designer I work with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so what's
1: your what are you going to do, Jim? Oh, I'm just going to cower and die.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you got to have an gonna, answer I'm to this one. i hide
1: behind my badass wife. What if you had to protect our son? Oh my god. I would train him to <laughs> to be a fighter. Oh my
0: god. Yeah. That's horrible. He's, he's,
1: he's 2.5. He have so much more energy than I do.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jim, you got to have a murder strategy. This is the this, this is the Battle Royale. You can't be the guy who Who tries to opt out of the battle royale unsuccessfully.
1: Do they have night vision goggles at Home Depot? They might. Sure.
2: You could probably look it up on the Home Depot website right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to do it because the keyboard's right next to the mic and it's super clicky clacky.
1: Yeah. Well, I edit this show, so it's okay. They totally
0: have night vision goggles.
1: I feel like that would be a huge advantage. Oh, these are binoculars. You have to hold them to your face hunting gear. Yes, the hunting gear aisle. You could set up a tent. I guess set up, set up some hunting blinds.
2: <laughs> are you guys looking at the same uh night vision binoculars that we are? The one that has as one of its marketing images a bright green picture of like a burglar holding a crowbar leaning into a doorway?
1: Oh, yes. yes. Yes,
0: it is. It's it's really silly.
2: <laughs> so this is what the Home Depot experience is
0: going to be like. It's going to look like this. Yeah. Oh, and and also there will be raccoons.
3: Yes. So is this person using binoculars to look at this hooligan
1: going through the store?
2: Yeah, that means this person is using it inside their home.
1: Okay. You need to observe the burgling <sighs> as it's happening. From across the room. What do you think SpinTech Spin 300 is?
2: Is this a an element that this product has?
1: No, this is another product.
2: Like, I'm, I'm supposed to guess what kind
0: of product that is? I'm just... A weed whacker. <laughs> so he he clicked on hunting gear, and we're just looking at this thing that just looks like one of those like those those walkers in in Star Wars, yeah, it looks like basically. An AT-AT.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm looking at that now. Also, it costs three hundred and forty three dollars.
0: Spintech. What is that? It's varmint proof. But what does it do? Scroll down.
3: It is resistant to varmint.
0: Oh, it's a feeder.
3: Oh, okay.
0: what, what does
2: it feed? I, my guess is that that little cage on the bottom, like, scatters seeds or food of some kind. So you're trying to lure animals with this.
0: Oh, that's some lame ass hunting. Yeah,
3: it not only rotates up and down. Oh, but, but
0: it if stems. you're in a if you're in a Home Depot with a bunch of idiots, you could put some M and M's in there. Yeah, yeah.
2: People gotta live, you know. They gotta eat, and all there is to eat in Home Depot is like massive packs
0: of like Reese's peanut butter cups and Skittles and M and M's and stuff. Mm, I would die so quick if you if you loaded that thing with Reese's peanut butter cups. Ooh, a candy.
3: <laughs> I put the I put the SpinTech 360 in the middle of the aisle, full of candy, and then I would have a pulley system that pulls down the entire like tall
1: shelf down on them.
2: Ooh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Shoving shelves over, like, dominoes is a solid strat.
1: <laughs> yeah, if if you get a good uh, domino effect going there, you can kill everybody in the store at once. Yeah, I want to speedrun the battle royale.
2: <laughs> That's the kind of solution that, like, the soft-spoken, white-haired anime boy, who's actually the, <laughs> the like, evil genius, uh, has. And he says this, I'm going to push over all the shelves and kill everyone. While the hero is, like... Under like the first shelf, and then the hero dives out of the way as the kid shoves over the shelves while cackling. Yeah, this is a very specific thing that happens in
0: Shonen. So the the thing I ha- the worry I have about like pushing a shelf over is that like the shelves are kind of close together, and like what if you just like push it and it just like falls and just like leans up against the next shelf and doesn't actually like make any the next shelf like fall over? So then you've just made this like little lean to basically.
3: I guess it depends what aisle it's in Cause like if it's a lumber aisle, I think all the like chunks of lumber can fall on someone.
2: A lot of the Home Depot shelves have really heavy product up yeah. th- on top of the shelves, you know, like that stuff might cascade out
0: That's true, that would hurt, but if it's like the
1: starfoam aisle, then it probably won't hurt them too much. I guess oh, there's a gun magnet, so if anybody has a gun, I can pull it out of their hands with a magnet ooh.
2: Is that what a gun magnet is for? I
1: don't I, know I what a so. gun magnet is for. It says holds up to thirty-five pounds. I'm guessing it's actually for like easily attaching a gun to your car or something like that.
0: Uh, it's weird. Click on it, please, because okay, that doesn't sure. make any sense. Yeah. Is
1: it like a knife magnet
3: in a kitchen?
0: Well, you're right. It is for attaching <laughs> a gun to your car. Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah. To the outside of your car? No, no like.
1: But there's just here's, here's just like photo, like at your anywhere cabinet. you could. Mount it, mount the magnet on any surface, and then the gun will stick to it, is the idea.
0: And America's
2: fucked up.
1: It sure (laughs) is. So, how hard would it be? Like, can you sneak in? Like, could I bribe an official to, like, let me (laughs) sneak in and prep the site?
2: (laughs) I don't think so. It's against the spirit
0: of the game.
2: We're assuming that you've been stolen, like, from your home in the middle of the night. You've had no prep. Similar to- Alice in Borderland, the TV show that we watched recently about young men who are stolen from Tokyo randomly in the middle of the day to live in a world where they must do deadly deadly games against one another. You will be spirited away to this Home Depot with no warning.
1: Mm-hmm. And you'll
2: also be frightened by, by not knowing what's going on. And everyone will be like, this is crazy. I can't live this way. And then someone will stab them and say, "Like game on. That's sort of what's happening here
0: so i can shoot a bow and arrow and it seems like they they might sell them at least they sell the wall racks
1: yeah we're looking at right now it looks honestly it looks like a three bows that have been merged into a single bow that shoots like 12, <laughs> 12 <laughs> arrows at once it looks cool. like wow. that but it's just
0: a, it's just a rack <laughs> yeah uh but but that if they actually had night vision goggles that like stuck to your head
1: they have glue i bet <laughs> <laughs> they also
0: have just like they have tape. Yeah. They've got so much duct tape. I could just duct tape the shit out of it to my face. Yep. That would be really funny looking. <laughs> but if they had bow and arrows, like hunting bow and arrows, like that's a that's a good way to kill a person. Too. Just have a nice little crow's nest at the top of a uh, at the top of one of the shelves, like in the corner, so nobody can get up behind you, you know?
2: Yeah, like up where the birds live at the top of Home Depot.
0: Hell yeah.
1: There's
2: always birds living up there.
1: You could uh, you could go above the chlorine gas at that point.
2: And live off the birds. Yeah. That's right.
1: I mean, if you can kill the guy with a respirator, like... Yeah. They have to let you out at that point, right? They do. Or do you have to get through the chlorine gas first?
0: That would be fucked up. You still haven't told us your
1: strategy, Jim. Uh, I'll use that, um, the, the three bow and arrow combination that shoots 12 arrows at once. Uh-huh. So hopefully I can kill 12 people with the first shot. Wow.
2: And then you can grab a gun magnet. And if you see a guy coming at you with a gun, you can throw the magnet at him, disarming him.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs>
2: That's pretty good.
0: He'll probably die.
1: But I love you. That's okay. Winston will will live on, carry on my legacy with my legacy. Yeah, he'll make the frog fractions 2.9. That's right.
2: Yeah, in this scenario, only 5% of participants survive. And I'm fully willing to admit that... Neither I nor most people I know would be in the 5% of people horrible enough to survive the Home Depot death game.
0: Yeah, I would probably die, but I would try not to.
1: Yep, that's a holster. Inside the pant holster. Holster.
0: Yeah.
2: What part of the pant? Like under the cuff of the pant or in the like groin area I of the pant? I think you can put
1: it anywhere you want, but there's a little clip that... I don't know. I don't know what you're supposed to clip it to.
0: You're like a garter or something, right? Yeah. I think you just clip it to the inside of your waistband or and you just shove the whole thing. Like the, the clip part goes on the outside of your pants.
1: Oh, that makes sense. You can tell if someone's carrying concealed by looking for little clips on their pants.
2: And
0: the huge shape of the gun underneath their pant, right? <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Right. In
0: general, you shouldn't put guns in your pants. Just don't do it. Okay. That's how people shoot their dicks off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would put it on the outside of my leg. (laughs) Yeah, that's good.
2: Maybe somebody could use a leg holster with like those like tearaway pants. And then when they have (laughs) to shoot, they rip their (laughs) pants off, exposing the gun.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. The Chippendale dancer just like suddenly kills everybody in the room.
2: (laughs) That sounds like something that would be in the game, uh, Hitman.
1: It does,
3: doesn't it? Can he only do it once? Can he get put it back on?
2: Yeah, he needs to find a safe closet to put the pants back on. Oh though, right? yeah,
3: that's true. I can take my clothes off in front of people other people, but I can't put clothes on in front of other people. <laughs> that's that's his weakness.
0: <laughs> I love how no one notices that there's just like a dude walking around with a barcode on the back of his head. <laughs> they think it's cool. It's a cool tattoo.
1: I keep seeing this tattoo on different people. It's very strange. He also always uses the same pseudonym every time. He he calls himself Mr. Reaper.
2: Man, that's like calling yourself, hey, I'm lowercase x, uppercase x, lowercase x, 69, killer man. <laughs> you know, like,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, Mr. Reaper,
2: real name. Sweet.
0: All right. Well, that was fun. Yeah. I'm going to go now.
1: I think we nailed this one to the wall.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go dream dreams of murder in Home Depot
1: yeah if you, uh, I'm actually not going if go you to think sleep. of if you think of anything else that's good, just shout it across the house and this mic will pick it up. Okay, that sounds good.
0: <laughs> All right, you guys enjoy the rest of your topic, Lords. Thanks for letting me crash. Thanks, Thanks for, for telling us about your home Depot murder strategy. Yeah. yeah, no worries. <laughs> Bye.:
1: <laughs> Are we ready for another topic? Sure. Brendan, your topic is what's up with teeth? They seem designed to be a, to be tedious to brush and floss and maintain. Is this really the best version of mandible?
3: I think that with all the years of evolution that we've had, it seems like teeth are just a real nuisance to take care of. And I think I would have thought that by now we'd have like an easier method of grinding up food. But every time I have to like floss my teeth and brush my teeth and it's like just takes a huge amount of hours out of my life. And I wish it was better.
2: And also like wisdom teeth. There's stuff that can happen to your teeth that you have no control over that can like kill you if you don't have access to a dentist, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They invented pulling teeth many, many thousands of years ago just because they had to or people would die.
2: Brendan knows that I have a strategy for like what a better tooth would be, what a better mouth chopper would be. Yeah. So I had a, I had a tooth emergency recently. I had to go to the dentist during COVID, which was very, it made me very angry because I don't want to leave my tiny hidey hole. And I thought... You know, instead of teeth, we should have like a big, like one big chomper on the top and the bottom, like a horse hoof, like a yeah. single non-sectional chomper that like grows continuously like a, you know, like a goat horn or something or like a deer horn. And, you know, you chop to wear it down.
1: I'm chomping anyway. Yeah. It
2: doesn't have bits that can go wrong. It doesn't have. So what happened to my teeth is to my teeth smashed into each other like they have been doing for like the past Five, six years since I had my wisdom tooth removed and one of my teeth got cracked by my other tooth. Like, that shouldn't happen. Teeth should play nice. Yeah, that's bullshit. What if all the teeth were one teeth? What would you do as a tooth replacement?
1: Just have a blender in there.
2: Seems like a lot of moving parts, though, that could that could like break. If you had blades whirling in your mouth.
1: It would just make it even more impressive that I never bite my cheek.
2: You never bite your cheek?
1: I mean, relatively speaking, it happens occasionally, but... Honestly, like, isn't it kind of amazing that it happens so rarely? Because it's right fucking there. That's true. Yeah. I'm
3: going to go with no teeth at all. I want to be able to, like, put a food in my mouth and then, like, close my mouth and create an airtight seal. And then have some sort of, like... Immersion blender. Yeah, some sort of like explosion, some, some, <laughs> acid spit, some burst of power inside my <laughs> mouth that turns into like little, little bits.
2: You want your like ubula to do a hadoken and <laughs> kill all the food in your mouth.
1: Yes. I want a tiny you increase the pressure in your mouth until the food becomes a diamond <laughs> and then you eat that.
3: <laughs> yeah. I want to eat a diamond for breakfast.
1: That's what I want. I want like no moving parts. So when you just said no teeth, I was like, you can do that, man. Like, you, this is. <laughs> This is a possibility. (laughs) That he
2: doesn't have an explosion of power inside his mouth that obliterates all food.
1: Right. I have, like, I I don't mean to, like, I I feel like I'm not coming to this with the spirit that was intended, but, like, I do have some historical context that may be relevant. Mm -hmm. One is I just read an article about how uh, Neanderthals, their mouths were bigger, so all the teeth fit.
2: Oh, fuck those guys. That's cheating. (laughs)
1: <laughs> like the wisdom teeth were not a problem they didn't have to worry about like they didn't need braces to have straight teeth
2: i wonder then why our mouths became smaller i don't see the benefit
1: yeah i i agree
2: we have very delicate little jaws compared to neanderthals and like other ancient humanoid type things you know
1: yeah yeah maybe so that our like our shirts could fit through the shirt hole we had like get smaller heads and the other is that um brushing wasn't really a thing until our diet started having a ton of sugar in it. Oh.
2: Yeah, I guess if you're chewing on twigs, then your teeth are super clean. Though I bet like before our diet had a lot of sugars in it, people were eating things that could shatter their teeth, right? Chewing nuts or whatever.
1: Refined sugar is like a recent-ish invention. Like we had agriculture before that.
2: Okay, so people didn't brush their teeth during like early farming-
1: yeah, yeah. Like, as far as I know, the first people to get start getting cavities were, like, royalty because they were the ones that were eating all the sweets all the time at first. Interesting. I like the idea of I want to – I still want the same kind of jaw and teeth, but I want it to go sideways. So, I just want, like, my, my mouth to open left to right instead of up and down. Like, it would make kissing a lot easier. You wouldn't have to tilt your head.
2: Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm confused. Why? How does it make kissing better?
1: Uh, I don't. Know. I don't. I didn't actually imagine it. I was just. I just said stuff. Wait.
3: Wouldn't you need one person to have a mouth that goes up and down? Yeah. And you, the other person has a mouth that goes left and right. The
2: two genders.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they could just slide into each other like a like a like a puzzle piece.
2: Well, they would still have to turn their heads because their noses would hit each other. So what oh. you really need is you need one person with an upside down
3: nose. Or inverted nose. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, a nose that goes into their goes head. Into their
1: head. Yeah. This is beautiful. This is my new ship.
2: The solution for kissing has nothing to do with mouths, man. It's all about other shit.
1: Yeah, the nose, if the nose just fit together perfectly, they could just breathe back and forth.
2: <laughs> wow. Then eventually they would pass out, right?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. They'd definitely run out of oxygen at some point. They'd use it all up. Yeah, you would need, like, there's a to- whole ton of, like, horizontally oriented food, like sandwiches. I guess you could just rotate the sandwich 90 degrees, but then like the food would fall out the side. It
2: would move full time to pitas.
1: Oh, yeah. I would also want like soup. Like if I wanted to eat soup, I would need a spoon that holds the the liquid on the side. You need like a vacuum attachment to like keep sucking it in.
2: Oh, maybe we would eat soup through straws.
1: Oh, that's easier. All right. (laughs) Uh, Are we ready for another topic? Sure. Sure. Uh, My topic is help me workshop this joke, Eve slash Eve. So we have a cat named Eve, E-V-E. And like whenever I see Eve or think about Eve or hear the name Eve, I constantly like I'm trying to like I'm trying to do this in my head. I think it'd be really funny to refer to her as Eve, the architectural feature. But it's pronounced the same. But it means instead of being named after, actually, I'm not sure what, what Eve was named after. But um, it wasn't the architectural feature.
2: So I know that the purpose of eaves is to shade the window. You know? Yeah, that might be a tactic for the joke. Like you could, eaves are good because they prevent the house from becoming overheated. Right. So, maybe you could threaten to make your cat very big and flat and stretch it over the roof of your house to lower your energy bills.
1: It's okay. Good.
2: <laughs> well, what's the context for the joke? Are we Are we telling this joke in order to like at the cat? Are we trying to belittle the cat? Are we- uh, I
1: just want to tweet. I want to make a tweet that's not where where I can convey to people elegantly- this idea of deliberately confusing or accidentally confusing i suppose a cat named eve with the architectural feature eve or like implying somehow that she was named after an eve
2: you could just tweet like my cat's so dumb she doesn't know i'm pronouncing her name e a v e ha ha man she doesn't know that i when i say eve i'm not talking about her i'm talking about the architectural feature ho <laughs> ho
1: yes I can see the retweets rolling in now. Oh.
2: <laughs> what What about, so, so like this is interesting to you because of like, is is it interesting to you because the cat doesn't know this secret that you're thinking of one thing when you're saying something else?
1: I think the funny part to me is that I'm confused about the name. That I'm not familiar with the the name Eve. And I was like, oh, they must mean, when I hear the name, they must mean the the thing that keeps the rain off of me.
2: Well, they could also mean like Eve from the Garden of Eden,
1: right? But I've never heard of that one. I've I only know about the the part of the roof that sticks out.
2: Wait, you, you know about eaves on houses, but you don't know about humans with the name Eve.
1: That's the that's the hypothesis here. That's that's the okay. the character I'm playing.
2: So I guess this person would have to be really sheltered. So maybe they also haven't seen cats,
1: right? Okay, that's a very sharp quadruped.
2: You can you can hang a a little a little birdhouse from the eve of your home, but you can't hang a birdhouse from your cat or your cat will kill the bird.
1: That feels like like it was almost one of those puns where you swap the first letter of two words.
0: But
1: yes. It didn't quite get there.
2: <laughs> well, so the problem with this joke is that it's like low stakes, right? It's low stakes to confuse Eve and Eve. And it's particularly low stakes because the eve is like a part of the house that nobody thinks of or cares about. So right. to make it funny you have to raise the stakes of the joke. You have to make it like super extreme, dude. There has to be something that that is like attention catching about this error. So to to make it funny, you have to make like a really big and silly like like mistake, right? Like like a character in the joke has to do something really big and extreme and silly about this about this confusion. Or you have to like jokingly consider the confusion really important when the actual joke is that it's not important. Right. So that's what, that's what the joke, like, man, my cat doesn't even know that I'm pronouncing her name wrong. That's the joke there is like, like you think it's funny that even Eve sound the same, but we all know that it's not actually that important. And that's underscored by the fact that like the person you're making fun of is a cat. Right. So I don't know. I, I guess the, the challenge would be figuring out what is the way that you want to raise the stakes on this moment of confusion to turn this from like like a mild like an R slash mildly interesting comment into like a joke, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I'm gonna misspell her name when the census taker comes around.
2: And then he's gonna increase your property taxes by like a million dollars or something. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: I think the tweet has to be the, a transcript of this entire segment up until that line. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a challenging joke. It's it's like a Mount Everest of jokes. If you ever if you ever figure out how to tell this joke, I I want to know because I'll be amazed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, are we ready for another topic? Sure. So for this this segment, we're going to be watching the YouTube video "Chickens Turn Into Alligators at Quarter Speed." I'm going to count down uh, from three and on zero we hit play. Three, two, one, play. So first of all, I'm turning off the audio because YouTube's time stretching is terrible.
2: Well, we just heard somebody say (laughs) poooio.
1: Yep. So we've got... Four in the frame right now are four chickens covered in colored vinyl. Yes.
2: These are not real. This is animated. Important point.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs>
3: There's five multicolored chickens. The yellow chicken for some reason has a red
1: face. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then is that water steaming? There's it's this like, like, like a
2: fountain of water.
1: Oh, it's a fountain? Yeah. I was like, this is like a like an upside down cake. That's yeah. <laughs>
3: it's like a Jello mold.
1: A Jello mold. Yeah, that's the word of uh, of blue of blue liquid. We've got the the first chicken walking in there. What do you think is happening above the fountain where there's just like a? It's like a celestial,
3: cosmic thing happening. Yeah,
1: it's like a, a spiral galaxy, like. Seen in uh, incredibly fast motion.
2: Here's a drop.
1: Yeah, here's a. We've got a. We've got an alligator coming out of this fountain.
2: The mama chicken has become a mama alligator, and yes. the music is like cool now. Yes,
3: it's very techno right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All of the chickens have become alligators, and they're swaggering.
1: Yeah like the like the mama chicken the the uh the front the mama alligator is naturalistically naturalistically <laughs> colored um unlike the uh remaining alligators who are still covered in colored vinyl yeah
2: a woman's voice just said dio really slowly two times <laughs> we're getting a close up of the blue one
1: i've got audio off but like both of these songs are stock music that I hear all the time in the YouTube videos that Winston sometimes watches.
2: This is definitely that kind of video. This is like a, like an algorithmically created video for children.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Do you think that, Oh, so the video's over. Uh, Do you think that there are thousands of these videos with different animals turning into other animals? Yes.
3: There's every permutation of every animal
1: Becoming a different thing, and they walk through like all the different liquids. Yeah,
3: walking through every permutation of other
1: object.
2: What and did you feel when you saw the cro- the chickens become crocodiles?
1: I felt elated. I, th- I felt like they're they're returning to their roots as becoming closer to what we perceive as dinosaurs.
2: Do you sometimes wish you could become the crocodile version of yourself?
1: I feel like I, I, f- I feel like I'm already as close to that as possible. Or would the crocodile version of myself have the have the straight teeth?
2: I'm thinking more like the crocodile version of ourselves might like wear a leather jacket, you know, be like outside society, you know, and like really cool. Like a prepper? No, not, not like a prepper, I don't uh, think.
3: Like off the grid. <laughs> <laughs>
2: just, Is the crocodile version of yourself living off the grid?
1: I think so. Cool. Yeah. I found out that the... Uh, the director of Super Monkey Ball went on to make the the Yakuza series. Oh, wow. And went from like a Shigeru Miyamoto-like figure to more like dressing like the the Yakuza himself.
2: (laughs) That's pretty cool.
1: That's incredible.
2: There is a Japanese game developer who has like a full back tattoo of like a monkey, right? That goes even down onto his butt.
3: Oh, I'm not aware of this.
2: Who who is that guy? He's a crocodile version of himself right now.
1: (laughs) You know what it is? I I was that guy and then I cut off one of the beards.
2: Just the beard? Like the beard took away your crocodile power?
1: Yeah, like that was my, uh, that was the source of all my powers. Had either of you met me when I had the twin beards?
2: I don't know. I remember when I first met you, you did have quite a lot of beard going on, but I don't know if there was two of it because I feel like it would be hard to tell- Like, was it really easy to tell that you had two beards?
1: Yeah, yeah, they were braided.
2: Oh, no, then I never saw that.
1: I was going to say I miss those days, but I don't, actually. I feel like it was (laughs) trying to – I feel like I was trying too hard. I definitely, like, wish I hadn't named my game studio after, like, masculinity, but twice.
3: So, are you saying that you became – you were a crocodile, but now you went through the portal and now you're a chicken? Yeah. There's probably
2: another algorithmically generated video where crocodiles go into the portal and become something else entirely. And that's where you are. Yeah. Like, we don't know what you've become. You'll have to figure it out by browsing
0: YouTube.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, the person who uploaded this video is called Pee in a Tree. Mm -hmm. And it looks like they mostly make shitpost uploads. So, I think they... Re-uploaded this video from another account that was the one that had all the ProcGen videos in it.
2: You got some good video names here.
1: Uh, Give us some good ones.
2: Coolest video I ever seen. Adult. (laughs) Hey Soul Sister X Hamster Dance Mashup.
3: Frog Flip.
2: Man, there's some edgy shit in here.
1: Bowling Monkey. This, this guy has a video called You Are My Dad, You're My Dad Boogie Woogie Woogie that has 60 million views
2: We gotta watch this Where is it?
1: I sorted by most popular
2: I'm gonna watch it on a normal playback speed
1: Okay, alright <laughs> It's pretty good
2: It's four seconds long, it's totally harmless Quite cute A guy says you are my dad
0: You are my dad You're my dad Boogie Woogie Woogie, woogie.
1: Oh, we've all been infected with a mind virus now. <laughs> That's a This is a good song. It's pretty catchy. I'm going to teach Winston to sing this.
2: We're watching a video now called Spanish Cat in the Sky, but I, it's in Spanish, so I don't understand what it is about. Oh, no, wait, here's a translation. It's quite good, actually. The translation is apparently the cat saying, you forgive me if I have failed you. I ask for your forgiveness. The only way I am opening the doors of my heart for when you decide to return, because there will never be anyone who can fill the void that you left in me, period. You have changed my life. You have made me grow. I am not the same as yesterday. One day is a century without end. A thousand and one stories I've invented to show you that I had. Oh my God, it keeps going. Is this a joke? Oh, okay. Well, it's more of the same.
1: But a cat's saying it.
2: Yeah, in like a really robot sort of like bad zoom call voice in Spanish.
1: <laughs> right.
2: This is this account's third most popular video. I think this person stole content from Vine. A lot of this seems to be like popular Vine videos re uploaded to YouTube.
1: Yeah. And after Vine went down, there was a there was just a feeding frenzy to see who could upload the most popular ones. Uh are we, are we ready for another topic? Uh sure. Brendan, your topic is, if you make an IRL West Westworld, Westworld theme park, how do you prevent having two dozen people on the same quest to have a showdown duel with the bad guy? Do you just have 24 people draw, draw their gun and shoot the bad guy at the same time? Or is this even a problem in the first place?
3: Yeah. So the premise is that if you have like a theme park where uh, actors or robots play as the other like NPCs and then uh human guests like go and have adventures there and uh talk to quest givers and go on adventures how do you how do you like manage that or the logistics there do you just have a bunch of people talk to the quest giver and they all get the quest and then they all like
1: fight this this boss uh gunman at the same time yeah yeah he respawns every 30 seconds and <laughs> you all line up to shoot him so I think like the fantasy people want to have is like, oh, I'm going to be the, the, the lone
3: adventurer or whatever and um, do this cool quest. But like in a theme park, if you're at Disneyland. There's like thousands of people there. You can't just have one person do the quest.
2: And also my experience doing weird LARPs. People will want to do things together. If they see everybody getting on their horse to go shoot the bad guy, they'll be like, oh, I want to come too. Maybe that's cool. And then while they're hanging out in the saloon that night with some of the other attendees, they'll like make a friend and then like, you know, two different families with like 13-year-old kids will want to go out and kill the bad guy together. They'll exchange emails, Instagram account names. People people will Katamari up and attack the boss together.
1: Yeah. I mean, ideally, the boss would be like able to handle like, oh, I'm facing off against 20 people and then become commensurately more powerful to to compensate, Maybe he puts on 20 bulletproof vests.
2: (laughs) He becomes like a level 20 sheriff. Right. And if you shoot him and he doesn't drop his sheriff badge when he dies, you have to get in the back of the line and do it all over again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Having watched like a season and a half of Westworld, uh, the way they handled this in the show is by having like only like two really rich guests at a time in the park.
2: And then also, they seem to suggest that a lot of the guests didn't want to do the extreme content, right?
1: I think that's true, yeah.
2: There was only, like, McPoyle wanted to do the extreme content because he was sick in the head.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that is something you could do is, is not not necessarily limit yourself to, to two people, but do have psychological profiles of your guest and schedule it so that the people in the park all want to do different things.
2: There's, like, only one person there to do serial killing at any given time. Right. Because that's essentially what this would be like, you know? Like, it wouldn't be like an adventure. It would be like making a posse to murder someone. Right, yeah. I think Westworld also suggested that the robots were, like, super smart and were, like, modifying their stories to deal with what was going on, right?
3: Oh, that's true.
2: So maybe when the 24 people show up, then, like, suddenly a new NPC arrives and he's like, okay, we need to split up and some of us need to go get dynamite and some of us need to make a deal with the fairy man or something, you know, like he'll give everybody a reason to separate from one another.
3: That's, that's what I hard. would do. Yeah. That's really good.
2: What would you do? How would you solve this problem?
3: I'm not sure. I mean, I guess I would just give the, the boss monster just supernatural powers. That'd be pretty cool. He just like grows to be really large or something. <laughs>
2: He eats bullets. Yeah, bullets actually make him more powerful.
1: Ooh, yeah.
2: And then the actual winner of the boss fight is the one who learns that they have to hug the boss to defeat him.
1: <laughs> You're hugging this enormous mechanical cowboy. You have to all have to hug it together. Like each of you takes an, each, you could take an ankle, and then the person stands on their shoulders, and then maybe they can hug the knee.
3: <laughs> I was introduced to MMOs for the first time in my life very recently. And so maybe made me think about how do you, like, if you were to make an MMO in real life, which is kind of like what Westworld is, I guess. It
1: just seems like there's lots of problems. Have MMOs not solved this problem yet?
2: They have, but you can't do what MMOs do in real life. They do instances, which is not oh, possible. Yeah. You can't shoot all the 24 people into parallel dimensions because yeah. it's Westworld.
1: We don't have pocket universe technology yet. Maybe you could have, like, an AR-based solution.
2: Maybe you can hit them with a sleep dart. And separate them?
1: Oh, yeah. Just make it be like uh, the game instead. <laughs> Maybe you can have people
3: wear different lenses on their glasses and then have different people have different guests wear different colors on their clothes. So people who wear red lenses cannot see other guests wearing red clothes. And so it'll <laughs> feel like there's less people in the park. Have you seen the game? Uh, the David Fincher movie?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we watched it uh, yeah. a while ago. I'm, I'm about to spoil the ending for the listeners here. I'm imagining now like 20 people playing the game all at once and they all show up <laughs> on the rooftop at the end.
2: And they all <laughs> fall off in different directions.
3: <laughs> they all take turns having an emotional breakdown
1: moment. Yeah, they have to take turns shooting their brother. The- and
2: <laughs> Falling into their separate banquets. <laughs> yeah. Ranged strategically below them. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Are they allowed to like listen and look at the previous person in front of the line? Or do they have to like close their eyes?
2: This reminds me of when I did that uh so I did a series of interactive theater things in LA when I first moved to the city like five years ago. It was with a weird interactive theater company that was putting on a series of events that were called Alone Collectively like alone one, alone two or whatever. And they were all like, like the first one I went to was this theater that had been like converted into this weird experience where they like made us all watch the crucible. And then they took us one by one on stage and made us crawl underneath the little podium in the scene. This was a scene in the crucible where somebody's shouting like, I saw goody good with the devil. I saw whoever with the devil, that scene. And you crawled through a little hole under this table. And then you showed up in like the devil's party where there was this guy, like with a Trinidadian accent, being the the devil because that's that's sort of like what the characters in the in the play think he's like, I guess. And uh, then they would move you to another room where people would draw on you with sharpies for some reason, and then you went into like another room where something else would happen to you, and it was all this like weird interactive experimental theater shit. Except it was like very participatory, and the people would like touch you and stuff. And then I did a couple more of these. One of them was like a scavenger hunt where you walked around downtown LA and then the final one I did was in like a weird film studio building where they had turned the whole inside into this like weird system of experiences and they were they had like like the more you did these the more you learned that like they had systems for controlling traffic and for like moving people out of the flow and putting them in like holding pen rooms and stuff like that like um i once got put in this holding pen room where there were these like wicker basket chairs hanging from the ceiling and you would sit in them and somebody would just swing you in them for like five minutes. And it was very clear that it was like not part of the plot of the show, but it was this weird like sensory thing that they were doing in order to like manage like traffic through the event. <laughs> there was one part where I just got locked in like a freight elevator and people kept coming up and like talking to me through the door of the freight elevator. And it was very clear that like <laughs> they just had to put me somewhere But it was still interesting because it was a cool, spooky freight elevator, you know, so I didn't mind.
3: So there's like an air traffic controller somewhere who's like diverting people. Absolutely. Wow. It sounds incredible.
2: It was so good. Like, not because it was like, 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 I just want to do weird shit, you know, like if, if I can pay like 30 bucks for a bunch of weird people to like go and like wave their fingers at me and draw on me with a Sharpie and like lock me in a freight elevator, you know, like it's fine. There, there were all these weird rooms where, like, people would, like, sort of rant at you. I don't know. Like, the, the this Crucible one had a lot of ranting, you know, people ranting at you in language from the play The Crucible, and you're just standing there, and they're just, like, doing something bizarre. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, these people are doing the closest thing to Westworld in real life, maybe is the moral of the story.
1: Yeah. I, I suppose they're not doing it right now. I hope not but that sounds like something worth tracking down after it's become safe again, assuming any b- small businesses still exist.
2: I think they're kind of not doing it anymore because I kept checking their website over and over again for years after I did this. And they were always like, oh, we're going to do it again. And as far as I know, they never did. Or they, or they ran events that were like too small and like one-off for me to catch them. Right. Um, I get the impression they didn't make a lot of money doing this. A lot of the sets were like, really kind of slapdash. And a lot of the people doing it seemed pretty young. So I would not be surprised if it was like something that's not the, like a way to live.
1: It's not, it's not sustainable. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There was one sequ- sequence in the scavenger hunt one I did where at the end you go to this bar and this woman would like read your palm and like send you into the basement. And then once you were in the basement, you had to go through this maze and the maze was just sheets taped up, and like they had like a projector like projecting like rainbow colors on one of the sheets, and they had like cool audio soundscapes playing, but it's just like you're in a basement in a maze made out of bed sheets, you know like <laughs> like it's not incredible, it's just weird like i was I was paying for something weird to happen to me, and there were so many people involved in these events, you know, like probably upwards of like like twenty twenty five people at each one of these helping to put it on those people are not making a lot of money, yeah. Like the tickets were much more expensive than going to the movies, but they weren't like very expensive, you know, like they, they were pretty affordable. So
1: What if it were a maze made out of garbage bags?
2: Well, there was a garbage badge section uh when you went to the Trinidadian devil's party in the first one, so Okay. Yeah.
1: So they got all the they got all the uh the maze construction materials covered.
2: Yeah. So I guess what would happen in Westworld is that they'd have like weird, like random events, you know, sort of like the random events in fallout that would happen to you to distract you.
1: Yeah. That's right. Yeah.
2: And they would be like low stakes, but they would be enjoyable somehow.
3: A, uh, a door opens and a, a s- slides you inside it.
2: Yes. Like in Sleep No More. Yeah. Which we also did together. That was pretty great. Yeah. that oh, was That's fun. great.
1: Yeah, sleep. Is sleep no more still happen. Well, presumably not right now. But I
2: hope not. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I hope that to goes as well. That's the thing that like I keep hearing about, and I don't know if I'm. I, I'm not willing to take the flight across the country to do it, but if I happen to be over there,
2: if you happen to be over there, I recommend it. Yeah, it's a once again a weird thing that you can pay to happen to you.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can uh, you can play Tacoma or you can have the same thing happen to you in real life.
2: <laughs> like, I don't know. I like Tacoma, but it's truly something else when it happens to you in real life. It's like not a comparison. It's just so strange.
1: I was thinking about that when I was watching uh, the the movie version of Hamilton. I was like, yeah, this is good. But imagine if all these people were like jumping in the air and singing right in front of me. Yeah. That'd be something.
3: Yeah, there's a live performance aspect that's uh, you just can't. You just have to be there, I guess.
1: Yeah, are, are we ready for another topic? Sure. Laura, your topic is new skills learned during the pandemic. What skills have you learned? Was it worth it?
2: I mean, I can go. I can tell you about my skills, but I'd love to hear your skills.
1: Uh, I learned to cook, um, and and I already kind of knew how to cook, and it was really more like I learned to love to cook and started doing it a bunch. And whether it was worth half a million people dying, probably not.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna say any skill learned is probably not worth it. But like but maybe we can like recontextualize that to like, was the time you spent learning this skill worth it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. Well, I mean, honestly, like this maybe isn't even a new skill. This is more like mental shift where now I love cooking like because it really was more of a less of a skill because I already had like a, a, a good base of cooking skills from a lifetime of like occasionally cooking and I'd always wanted to you know get into cooking but never figured out how to love the actual process and then just it was like suddenly a switch flipped so it's almost disingenuous to call it a skill as much as like psychological jujitsu on yourself, but apparently it took the pandemic to do it.
2: Is there a particular dish that you can cook now that is like your favorite?
1: Uh, Well, what I like now is my ability to look at what's in the pantry and the fridge and then invent a meal and cook it. And that was something that I would not have been comfortable doing six months ago. Interesting. Even, Even if I'm still cooking all the same things that I could have cooked back then like I could have individually cooked all the dishes that I uh, the skill is really more like meal planning like looking at some ingredients and figuring out how to make like this will feel like a complete meal out of it and make that out of it is yours pickling
2: I mean my yeah I don't know I've learned how to do a lot of highly specific food related tasks you know and I think learning to cook sauces or learning to make specific types of sauces is a big one for me. And then another one was pickling after like a year or so of the pandemic, I became sick of like not having a lot of like interesting and intense flavors in my diet beyond the ones that I was like already used to making. Mm -hmm. And so we learned how to cook or we learned how to make Thai peanut sauce. And it's really easy to make teriyaki sauce and we learned how to make our own spicy ketchup and, uh, And I started learning how to pickle things in the refrigerator. And the cool thing about sauces and pickles is that they have like really intense flavors. Yeah. So um, I now have access to a wider variety of flavors in my diet, which is good. Something else I learned how to do in the pandemic is I learned how to solder and then to make my own mechanical keyboard from parts, which is also pretty cool.
1: Oh, yeah. That's fun. Yeah. So Thai peanut sauce is one of those things that I'm – Scared to learn about?
2: Oh, it's so easy. No heated
1: This is the problem. <laughs> this is what's what I'm scared of is that like uh it's so good. It's and, not
2: unhealthy though. Oh it's know? not. No. So it is just peanut butter, vinegar, small amount of honey,
3: like lime juice.
2: Lime juice, soy sauce, like maybe garlic little bits of garlic, maybe I don't know. It's I don't remember all the ingredients, but you just stir them up and it's easy. And it's it's basically just like peanut sauce that has been like slightly watered down and flavored with the things
1: you know so it's really only like slightly less healthy than peanut butter
2: yeah i don't know i don't know if i would rate healthiness of it i think maybe the benefit you could describe for yourself is that when you put it on things they taste amazing so you could convince yourself to eat really <laughs> healthy things with it
1: right yeah yeah i don't know if you have ever had uh what was it it's i think people call it ants on a log yeah yeah Make that with uh, some Thai peanut sauce and I would consider that. Uh, for the listeners, if you're unaware, the idea is you take a stalk of celery and you fill the little indentation, I don't know what you call it, the, the, the whole indentation that runs the length of the stalk with peanut butter and then you put raisins on top of it. And the whole idea, like the entire purpose of this thing is to get you to eat celery by making it unhealthy.
2: We had ants on a log a couple months ago for dinner. Because we didn't have a lot of food in yeah. the house, and we thought it would be cute.
3: <laughs>
1: was it? That was good. Haven't had it for, like, decades. God. I'm, I'm so glad to hear this story. That's a, that's a fantastic tiny portrait of your lives.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, kind of the same. Just a lot of cooking. Uh, turns out when you have to, like, cook every single day, uh, you have to, like, dramatically increase your skills.
1: It just happens. Yeah. Yeah,
3: You just keep practicing it uh, because you just, you just got to do it. And uh, it's been really fun because like, I don't know, it's, it feels good to do something that you're not like super great at because like you feel like you're learning something like dramatically really fast all the time. And you feel like your, 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 your delta of your skills from yesterday to today is like dramatic and it feels really great when that happens.
1: Yeah, that's a good argument for always starting to learn new skills and then giving up on them. Yeah, you
3: just get that hit and then you're out.
1: That's right.
3: But yeah, we've been making a little document of stuff that we've made and it's been fun seeing the document grow, like all the different
1: dishes that we try making.
2: It's like 18, 19 pages of cookbook now of yeah. all the stuff we've made.
1: Very cool. Like, How much detail do you go into for each dish? It's just like a really like succinctly written steps on how to make it. It's as
2: much detail as we know that we need to make it again.
3: Yeah. It's so that we don't have to go to the recipe website again and
1: like scroll through all the little like monologue prologue stuff. Even um, while making the thing from the recipe website, I've taken to – I take screenshots of the website because like if you keep going back to refer to it, it's going to (laughs) keep popping up ads
2: That's really smart. There was discourse about this on Twitter like yesterday, right? Like there was was some guy who launched a website that would just take recipes from recipe sites and display them like just the recipe without the life story in front of it. And like, I can understand the feelings behind that, but it's like not a good idea because it is like content theft and then also like the people who write the recipes and make money from them are not responsible for the state of web media. You know, like, (laughs) like the reason why the internet is like that has nothing to do with the actual content creators or even the individual website, you know, that's like requiring them to write their recipes that way. I've got a lot of opinions about, you know, advertising supported web media. uh, But basically, like, it's a completely messed up industry, the people who make the experience bad bear none of the brunt of like the audience anger at how bad it is, you know, like the right. the people designing these crappy ads and these crappy like ad roulette systems, you know, that like place ad inventory on sites based on like your tracking pixel or whatever, like none of them have to deal with the fact that we're angry about looking at these recipe websites. But on the other hand, it something that I didn't see was like a lot of people pointing out that, yeah, recipe sites do in fact suck a lot and that it is really annoying to scroll past those things because sometimes you're trying to like look at a lot of different similar recipes to see which one you can actually make. And so it did bother me to see all these people online being like, Oh, poor you, you can't scroll past the story. And it's like, well, I'm sick of scrolling past like 12 stories in like an hour trying to figure out how to make dinner, you know? So it is hard,
1: but a lot of them have a jump to recipe button at the top, which is nice. That's good. But yeah, that would be uh, Yeah. This is a problem I constantly run into where like I a company does me wrong and I want to write them an angry letter but like
2: it's not their fault, you know.
1: But well but also like the person who responds to the letter is not the person who made the mistake. Yeah. Or who made the 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 anti-human decision. Like that's just a low-level employee who's going to have to do some emotional labor yeah. to make to make me happy.
2: And then in, in busted industries like web media, like Nobody at the company is even responsible. You know, like they're just trying to survive, and yep. in this case, trying to survive means putting a lot of text on the page so you have to scroll by a billion ads. Uh, right. Yeah. just just trying to make it to the next day with my life story about my grandmother.
3: <laughs> when you said write a write an angry letter, that reminds me of um, when I was a kid. I was playing a Sierra adventure game. Those pointy adventure games. And I reached a point where I, I couldn't figure out what to do next. And I wrote them a letter saying, I'm pretty sure your game is broken. I'm pretty sure, I'm sure there's a bug in it because, like, I've tried everything and I cannot figure out what to do next. Can you, like, fix your game? Because <laughs> it seems... It seems like no one can pass it now because I can't do it. And I was really humbled when they wrote back saying, oh, we're actually the game does work. And here's what you need to do to go to the next area. And I felt super bad. And I never did that ever again. I
1: I, I thought that was going to be like a ploy to get them to instead of calling the hint line and paying. (laughs) I thought you were going to try to goad them into revealing. It's like how the um, I bet this still works. The. The trick to getting tech support for Linux was always to post on a forum saying Linux is so bad you can't even and then you do the say the thing you're trying to do. <laughs> wow. Incredible. This that's all the time we have for Topic Lords. Laura, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet?
2: Yeah, folks can find me at L Mache L M I C H E T on Twitter or at lauramiche.com, where you can see all the video games that I have worked
3: on. And I can be found on Twitter at Blendo games, B-L-E-N-D-O.
1: Uh, both excellent follows. Thanks so much for being on. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it, or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com. You can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode!